0: Alrighty, welcome beautiful people to another episode of the Getting Mental podcast. This episode's a very different one. Typically at the start of the show, I'll introduce the guest and the show, but on this one we dive straight in. Scott Robinson, aka The Brain Guy, is one of the most fascinating and interesting people I've spoken to thus far and personally had the most impact on me. I left this episode feeling completely renewed, not just about the podcast, but about my life and about the things that I need to do to make a shift. And it was super powerful. You know, Scott has a very interesting way of, of proposing how to create the life that you want. And, you know, typically I'd be very skeptical um, of some of the stuff that he teaches, but I, uh, I would say that I've turned a new leaf and I think that, that there's a lot of interesting ways in. Uh, how to approach life that scott um, touches uh, on in this episode Um, what are those things well have a listen to find out Uh, if you enjoy this episode please give it a follow please share it to your friends and your family your dog aliens that you might know anyone really Um, i hope you enjoy and yeah i'll uh, see you guys around The, the one issue, if I was going to point it out, would be that people would use that advice as confirmation bias. You know, it's like, well, I feel this, so that means I'm right. So, is there a distinction on that level? Because I can see, <laughs> I can see myself being like, well, I feel this way, so then that's just how it is. That's the truth, and because I feel that way, it's it's that's that's the end of the story. How how is that different from from what you're saying?
1: Yep, yep, hundred percent. I can definitely understand that. Thing to remember, and again, this is that lower level of mind. Lower level of mind will literally start shouting that at you straight away. And and again, something you'll hear people all the time. You hear people say, "You know, that's your truth. This is my truth. I need to speak my truth. (laughs) You speak your truth." Like that's the first law of chaos. Well, that's but again, and it's the first law of chaos. The first law of chaos is that everybody has an individual truth. Well, you think just think about that. Think about a universe where there's an infinite number of truths that's just an unfathomable chaos. And that's just not true. You live in a perfect universe. There's one truth. There's one truth and you can, you align with that truth in your own way in your own unique way. And that will fit your life perfectly, you know? And so there is one truth, which means that basically everyone will come to the same conclusion. So really what you're talking about is you say, everybody has that truth available. Everybody can find it and everybody can literally uplevel their life really infinitely but what you'll arrive at is you'll arrive at the same inescapable conclusion. And if and feedbacks to that, you can use a bunch of feedbacks to make sure that you to know that you're on the right track. So number one, if you notice that you're, the output of your life as in, you know, your behaviors, your emotions, your emotional reactions, you know, like literally abundance, the amount of love, the amount of connection and whatnot that you have in your life, if that's not improving when you've when you've if any of those things are not improving, or if all of those things not improving when you've connected to what you think is the truth then you're probably not aligned with the truth, but you're probably aligned with something mm-hmm. else and you've called it the truth. And so you can look at those things. If you, if you still feel conflict, if you feel conflict in your life, well, you're probably not aligned with the truth. If you, if you feel guilt or shame or attack, like literally if you feel the need to defend yourself by kind of attacking others, you know, and this is an attack can literally just be just some, just some even what we might deem to be gem, gentle, you know, accusatory words. That's a level of attack. Um, if you still feel you have a need for that or you notice that in your life, well, then you're not really aligning with the truth. So, you know, that truth, and this is the thing we say in present moment awareness, everybody's talking about getting present, you know, like everyone's like, live in the moment, you know, smell the roses, live in the now. (laughs) Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. Really cliche. Everybody talks about it. I think very, very few people actually really understand it. And, you know, it's that whole thing I'm always saying, it's that whole thing about you hear the cliche of people say time is an illusion or the illusion of time sounds really fantastic sounds like one like you must be an enlightened consciousness if you say time is an illusion because you must be <laughs> seeing through the illusion but then you ask people on it they don't really know how to explain it or what it is and so really if we want to take it from just the physical body perspective and what we understand we know you know we say we know and we can we can witness we can evidence that the brain and the nervous system are literally in their greatest states of communication when they're in present moment awareness and this is what we talked about with neuroplasticity because the brain's paying attention the only brain that changes itself is the brain that's paying attention it's only paying attention when it's trying to figure things out it's actually trying to work things out it's not just running the autopilot not just accepting that which it's always accepted to be true so if you're in every single situation and literally figuring out that situation which would be to say i'm here right now with you chatting what's the truth of this situation like what's going like what's going on and I'm, i'm and i'm paying attention to everything in my surroundings like you know am i safe is is it hot is it cold like what am i What what's going on here um i'm not just accepting oh yeah i'm in a bedroom i've been here lots of times before brain doesn't need to pay attention to that it's just got a bunch of presumptions it's going to run you know i think i've You've got a voice that sounds kind of friendly to me. So, right, okay, yeah, you're probably a really friendly, lovely guy. I'm just assuming that rather than, you know, rather than actually listening to your words and sort of feeling into what you're saying and actually really understanding who you truly are. So it's, it's actually when you're paying attention, you're trying to figure things out. That's when a brain and nervous system in their greatest states of communication. So the whole idea with, and this is the thing, if you're trying to find the truth, the only place you can really find it is now. The only place you can really find it is in the present moment. And this is that whole illusion of time. So think of this. We've talked about this already. Truth is total, right? There's no partial truths. So that's only that which is actually 100% absolutely true. So the only place you can find that is right now because the past is not a record of anything real. And that sounds like a really challenging thing to say, but it's, there's, it's not a record of anything real. It's a record of perception. So the past, as you see it and as you remember it, is a record of what you have perceived, all those moments in your life that you've perceived. So right now, you and I are sitting here in this conversation, having a chat, and we're each perceiving this moment uniquely individually. You know, so you're perceiving it your way. I'm perceiving it uniquely my way. There'll be some things we agree on. Maybe that's 80% of it, 90% of it, 95%. there will be the things that we agree about the experience and how that went. But that's not 100%. That's not the absolute truth of whatever it is that has actually transpired. So we each record that to memory in our own unique ways. And then we filter that via our biases and our preferences and our value systems. And when we look back on it, one of us may look back on this as a a bad chat and one of us may look back on it as a good chat. And when we each go there, because our perception can only operate in the space we give it to operate, if you've defined it as a bad chat, when you go there and look at it, because your perception is formed from your beliefs, you've already labelled the experience as bad. You've already defined the space you've given your perception to operate as bad. It's only going to find more bad things because you've already told it that's all that's available to perceive in that moment. So you'll just find the things that I said that you disagreed with. And if I define this as a really good chat, like love the sound of your voice, Jesus, guy's got a good attitude, and oh, Ginny asked some nice questions. When I go back and look at it, because I've defined it as a good experience. I'm only going to remember more of those things. And that's what people experience, that when we look back at our memories, the happy memories that we look at with rose-coloured, rose-tinted glasses, they kind of get more rose-tinted over time because you continue to filter those things about, you know, by your preferences, biases, and values. And, and the opposite's true for the, for the bad stuff. So the past is not real. And same thing, we look at history. It's recorded by the victors. Again, the person who's writing down history has literally just written it down from their perception, how they've understood things to have transpired. Not that's a record interesting of any, perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's not a record of anything that's 100% true. Like, and again, that lower level of mind will say, well, no, no, I remember some stuff. There's some truth there. Yeah, great. There's some truth, but that's not the truth. So we don't want we, we to align with that. We want to let that go. We can say that's if it's not truth. It's an illusion. And then- but, sorry, So just Don,
0: quickly jump in there. My, my, yeah. my concern with that, Scott, is I, I love the idea of, you know, perceiving reality in the way you want to. But, you know, what, what is concerning for me is when someone, and maybe this is just an underlying belief of something that's separate to what I'm saying, but when someone, you know, will, will change how they're viewing reality and it makes them a pushover in a way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's my beliefs playing right now, but I'm just saying like, if someone, say someone is walking over someone, they're like, just walking all over them, they treat them like shit. And, and they're like, oh no, this is all good. This is okay. Almost like aloofly. It feels, I don't know if that's a word, but we'll make it one. It, <laughs> it almost feels like, it is now, yeah. It almost feels like people, that's a kind of a door for people to, uh, to alter reality in a way that makes them actually someone that is walk- walkable over, you know, and, and mistreated. Am I seeing that accurately or is that just a perception on my side, you think?
1: So, think of this, that lower level of mind, the ego, the ego only sees fear, always only going to see fear because it's an illusion, right? So that lower level of mind is literally, it's an invention. It's something you've invented, right? It's an idea of self, of who you think you are, you know, based on the perceptions that you've perceived from others about the self. And what I mean by that is, you know, who I am is who I think you think I am, right? And so everybody goes through life, literally going, right, your ego's going, out. what are you thinking about me? And what are you thinking about me? What are you thinking about me? And and, and it literally takes on all that information and builds an idea of self. It's not, it hasn't and asked anybody. It's not actually saying like, right, what do you really think about me? It's just, oh, hang on, you just raised an eyebrow at me. You're not believing what I was saying. Oh, you're not agreeing with this at all. I, I must be untrustworthy or I must be, I must be giving off you know, a false vibe. You know, and I, then I take that on about myself. You haven't said anything. You know, you might have just had an itchy eyebrow, but I've just I've interpreted that <laughs> my own way. You know, that's what the ego does, right? And it's and it's always based in fear. So it's always going to go towards fear and try and make that experience of reality real, because it knows that it's an illusion and it knows that it just wants continuity. The only way it stays alive is through your support for it. So if it can get you to feel fear, that makes the ego real. So this is really really important because. Mm. All of those things that you see when we look, we're talking about illusions, right? And you're saying, okay, but wait a minute. But if I let go of those illusions, now I've lost, maybe I've lost myself, maybe I'm a pushover. Really, illusions are where all, where fears exist, right? And, and again, this is, if you've never heard this before, it feels like a real stretch. But once you start to actually go into it, it's just so true, so easy. And it's such an easy way to live. Um, And it's just, I just correct myself
0: quickly. Sorry to jump in there, Scott. I've just realized what exactly you're saying and I want to repeat it back to you and you tell me if I'm right here. Yeah. It's like say for example someone is in a situation where you know they're being a pushover that comes from another belief that they're not good enough maybe and mm. and that's an illusion they might have that's stacked on you know like, I'm just going to be lackadaisical about this and kind of and just be like oh positive all the time kind of thing and then that belief underneath that when they're you know walked over is a belief that I'm not good enough so maybe Mm. Maybe, maybe what I'm actually addressing is not so much one particular way of being that's against what you're saying, but rather two beliefs stacked on each other.
1: Yeah, potentially. So you, no, no, you can be, and again, that I'm positive, 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 positive all the time.
0: You know, because that's my concern, right? That the the, yeah, the yeah. attitude that comes from, and I'm not saying that you're on that side or you're not. I'm just purely talking about it. That people are like overly positive and overzealous about everything in life. It just feels. Uh, Ingenuine genuine, sometimes, you know, and people yep. kind of play that role and, and like Tony Robbins esque, you know, Joe Dispenza stuff, you see them doing this really cool stuff. So, like, oh, this is awesome. But then you see them another time when they're doing something completely different, which is misaligned to those values. Mm. And it feels like a, a front almost sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah, completely. And, and look, and I, I get what you're saying. And I think so you, that positive, positive, positive vibe that you're saying, like, I think, yeah, that can be really, really false. That can just be a mask you know, and, and I think I've been, I think in my past, I've been there, you know, like trying to be positive all the time. And it was exhausting.
0: I have as was, well. And this is what I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's really tiring, you know, and that's not, that's not what we're talking about. That's, you know, that getting into present moment awareness, you don't need to pump yourself up to be positive. You can just be with the truth of what is, you know, and this is the thing. So when you let go of that ego, ego is always based in fear. Like we said, the only reason it tries to get you to feel fear is to try and make its experience make its reality real to you so make the illusion of its reality real to you make that illusion real to you by getting you to feel fear or anxiety or worry or guilt or shame or frustration or any of those lower level emotions makes those real that means that you've now bought into that illusion and its continuity the ego's continuity is now assured right So the truth is when you go to present moment awareness, what you're going to feel from the ego will be resistance and hesitation because the ego will kind of tell you, no, no, that can't be right. How could you exist without this information from the past? There'll just be chaos. You need this information. How could you possibly understand life and do life without this information? But the truth when you get to present moment awareness is all you find is love. That's literally the only thing that's there, you know. And so that love, that truth of who you are, like who you are at your core is that love, and it's it's etern- that truth is eternal, and it's joyous, like it's happy. There's nothing you need to do. It's it's effortless. There's no energy you need to devote to that to make that express. And so I would say, in the past, I've done that wrong. You know, where I've just trying to be just be super super positive, and my you know experience was like it was just exhausting. You know, um, you know at times there's a lot of times it was just fantastic, but eventually you'd find I was running unsustainably and I ran out of energy. Um, I haven't in the last several years. I haven't found that. You know, I haven't. It's just kind of been really effortless to just because you're seeing truth. You're not having to try and manu- manufacture a positive or manufacture, you know, a, a happiness in situations where you're not actually perceiving it. You know that that takes a lot of energy to do. And so, like I was saying, if you can, if if you are looking for that truth within yourself, looking for that truth about the world and the world you experience. And it's always there, it's always perceivable. It may take a little bit of learning and a bit of practice to try and find it and find it consistently, but the feedbacks are that you will find that effortlessness and you will find that joy and you'll find, you know, like you'll see that things in your life actually improve. And so just to answer those words that you said before about people, you know, maybe looking like something like a pushover or that, you know, that there's some, something to be frightened or worried about there, really what you see, and this is the truth of things when we're in our highest state is there's nothing to fear because the the ego creates fear and so think of this only real things can create real effects right it kind of makes sense the mm-hmm. ego being an illusion there's nothing real that can be produced from an illusion an illusion can only produce more illusion can't produce anything real so we're going to this and this is you know, they talk about that truth of who you are, the truth of who you are is a limitless, infinite, eternal, beautiful, perfect spiritual being who's just currently having a human experience. Same as me, same as everybody else on the planet. So if that spiritual being, like we just said, if that spiritual being who is the truth of who you are is eternal and you don't die and you're perfect and it's changelessly perfect, which means nothing can affect it, you can't change that perfection. There's nothing anybody else can do to change that perfection and that is the truth of who you are, then where would fear exist in that model? And if that perfection is always joyous, always happy, where, where would fear eventually? Where, where would fear fit? You know? And that's mm. a tough thing for people to answer sometimes because people have made fear so real and such an integral part of their life. It's, you'll see people looking for it. Going, well, no, it has to fit somewhere. Like, where does it fit? Now, the only thing keeping you from experiencing that is your belief system because your, your belief, you, that is the truth of who you are. But if you don't have a belief system that supports that, well, you're never going to experience it. So I'm never going to argue with anybody who says that they don't experience it or says that it's not real because if you choose to make that not real for yourself, then 100% you will. And So you can make that illusion your truth. And, but I'll just say that really, like if you're looking to connect to the truth, then you just look at those outputs. And if you look at, you start to find more joy, more contentment in your life, and you start to find more fulfillment and more connection and more love, well, you're starting to align with the truth. You're starting to find it and you'll find it more, like, more consistently. And every single one of us has that, has that available to us. I, I absolutely love the quote, you know, that the truth has never been in the hands of the masses. So the truth has always been in the hearts of the masters and inside every single one of us is a master. The only thing is that we've just, we've subordinated our ability and our, and our authority to others. And, you know, we've we've given our power away to what we, you know, we're looking to information. We're looking to, you know, the things that Sorry. we're discovering to try and, yeah, to try and find our truth, you know. And so we've, we've basically told ourselves that we don't have that available. So we're Googling it and we're waiting for the next study to come out to try and tell us what it is. You know, so we're not looking for it, but- when you go within, like it's available to each of us to be able to connect with that and you'll get the feedback, you know, you'll get the feedback and see that things in your life change.
0: Mm. Does, that, does that kind of make sense? It, may, it makes perfect sense. Um, the only trepidation I have with it is, you know, to say that the truth is guided by signals and those signals are more abundance, more love, more compassion, more of these kind of things, would then discount the fact that we have other emotions like anger, aggression, you know like humans have both sides to them and and so if i'm understanding you correctly you you're saying that illusions of reality so the things that we think we are which uh you know the, the i'm this or i'm that whatever the illusions will show up in everything that's opposite to love and abundance and those kind of things is that the accurate kind of way i'm you're saying it
1: yeah pretty much pretty much okay. so think of oh sorry do you get what i'm saying yeah, yeah just go, quick, question, quick
0: question on that so then if, if that's the case and then you know that if you not if you aren't aligned if you aren't having those things and you're experiencing anger and suffering all these kind of things which most would argue are you know half of the human experience and very necessary probably, then, more,
1: probably more than half the human experience I
0: think, for yeah. a lot of people yeah sure then 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 why do we have those emotions then if the truth which is brought out of abundance those kind of things why do those emotions show up
1: so for the exact same reasons that we said, but I would just answer that with a question. So I would say, why whereabouts? Because again, you always want to call out limiting beliefs and falseness when they come up.
0: It and feel like free to call out mine if you want to as well. Yeah, I'm no, happy well, to- just so,
1: but but just look at it. So you say like, okay, hang on, I've got some trepidation around that. Like, you know, there's anger and there's fear and there's this and there's you know there's some of these other emotions. Um, where do they fit? And so then I would just ask the question like do we need to have is is there a reason why they have to be there is there a reason why we have to is there something hard and fast that tells us that they have to be
0: well i'll answer the human that experience I'll, I'll answer that with um and maybe you know maybe it's a different chain of thought but you know evolutionism you know and and the idea that that we evolved into who we are because it was right for the environment and right for our upbringing and right for mm. for who we are today now, that's science, right? And that's kind of pushing into the realm of science. Science is the only measure of tool that everyone agrees on to an extent. Yep. Yeah, 100%. It's yep. right way to measure something. So yep. if, if we're looking at Darwinism, it tells us that evolutionarily speaking, we've gone through this process of having these emotions because they're necessary. You know, of course, we're living in different civilization now and, and you can argue that point. But basically, evolution says that what we have right now was so important over millions of years that we kept it. So that's what I would say back to that, you know, like we we have those emotions, do we, need, do we need to have them? Maybe not, but we do have them because they are necessary to some degree. So I just, I feel like having love and abundance and those kind of things is a beautiful way of, of creating a utopia and an idea of reality. But to me, it doesn't seem realistic because it's not taking into factor, into consideration, all the different elements of who we are as humans.
1: Yep, I think so. You look at, again, Right now, like we're living in, you think we're living in the world that ego created. Like, you think when you, if, if we're experiencing fear and we're experiencing anger and frustration, right. those emotions, and they are part of like the human experience for nearly everybody. And just then, to find the
0: ego for people as well, for those listening, yeah, so that, what you mean by ego.
1: Yeah, the ego is that lower level of mind, which is a, it's, it's literally, it's an invention, it's an invention of the self. So, okay. uh, Stephen, explain it just really, really quickly. Think when you're really young, literally what happens is, you're downloading the beliefs of others about the self. And so if you're born into a loving family, and that's not everybody, but if you're born into a loving family and literally you're cradled and, you know, your, your kids say, you know, your parents say, oh, Luke, aren't you, you're a beautiful little boy. Don't you give wonderful cuddles? Oh, you're just loving and wonderful. <laughs> and well, as a little kid, as soon as you're able to kind of think and process, you can think, like, you know what, I'm a really good cuddler because she said it and then he said it and they said, it, like, oh, I must give great cuddles. Like you, there's nothing else for you to believe because you've just been only, only given that love and that nurturance at some point your parents start to get disappointed with you for little things, you know, you knock a glass of water or milk over or, you know, and if they, if your parents begin to express disappointment, well then you're going to start to take that on as a belief. And then remember, again, when we look at evolution, we say that we, that the brain has a negativity bias. The brain's got a negativity bias because it's going to it pay does. attention more to things that, you know, literally negative stimuli more than than positive stimuli because we believe that our ancestors who, had that negativity bias, survived on more occasions than the one that had a positivity bias. And what we mean by that is if you're walking through the bushes, you hear a rustle in the bushes. If you think the worst and you think that could be a tiger and every single time you just jump, have a fight, fight or flight response and run. You survive. Yeah, you survive more times than the person who just goes, oh, that's beautiful. Maybe there's something loving and you know beautiful. I'm going to go investigate that beautiful sound. And that one time out of 100 that it's a predator, you, you become lunch. So, that's where the we believe the negativity bias has probably evolved from. So when you go to school, say, and you encounter that first teacher who, you know, is not so nice to you and, you know, you start coming home thinking, well, actually, maybe I'm not that bright. Maybe I'm not as smart as mum and dad said I was. Well, maybe, maybe I can't concentrate. You start to shift your beliefs about the self. Like that's literally the ego taking that on board and building that idea of the self. Like now I'm someone who's maybe not that smart. Maybe my friends start to give me some feedback about who I am. And so I'm building this idea the whole time. Now, all of that is who you think you are. All of that is what shapes your beliefs because your beliefs are shaped, or your, your, your emotions, your behaviors, and your, all of that stuff is shaped from your beliefs. And so those beliefs are really, really powerful. But none of that is the truth of who you are. And so that the, the truth of who you are is that limitless, perfect, eternal soul who's in a human body having a human experience. And my point is that really the amount of the joy and the amount of the abundance, the amount of the, the, the basically good times and love that we experience is directly related, directly proportional to the amount that we can align with that higher truth. If we align with that higher truth, we'll then we'll experience those things. And we have always got reason. You've always got higher reason. So it's like I don't need to feel fear to know that there could be a predator or something that could be a physical danger to me. I don't have to feel fear to know that. I can just have higher reason. I can like hear a rustle in the bushes. And then reason can tell me actually, you know what? Like that's probably not worth investigating. I could just keep moving. So I'll get that all the time from people when you say that we don't actually need to feel fear. And people will come back with the limiting belief of no, but fear is good. Fear serves us. Fear just debilitates us. Fear destroys the nervous system. Fear just literally just downregulates and, and just destroys our biology. Like, and this is people who live in fear you know, in deep states of fear for long periods of time, end up with disease. So, and, and, we, and we're really aware of this, but you can just have higher reason to do that for you. You don't actually need to have the fear to do that. So, but I would say that, yeah, we figured out how to do life that way. We have figured out how to do life with those lower level emotions. We have figured out how to do it with fear and maintaining anger and all of that sort of stuff. But do we actually need it? That's another question. You know, like, Do we actually need mm. it to survive and to get by? That's that's another question if we've got higher reason and you've got knowing available then which is what we're talking about knowing the truth if you actually have knowing and think of this we in quantum physics we talk about that the intelligence of the universe a, a field of intelligence that is organizing all matter so many quantum physicists will talk about it as the a loving intelligence or just a, the, the the higher intelligence of the universe or just the field it's sort of known as or the quantum field. It's a field that's organizing all matter. Now that field is information. So and you have this higher level of mind that's connected to that. Now, whether you have a conscious awareness of that or not, whether you've experienced that in your life before consciously or not, doesn't matter. It's something that every human has and nearly every human denies because that belief system doesn't line up. So you don't, so you don't necessarily experience it. Now you can connect with that in your own unique way. So everybody will have perception and you'll have these different frequencies of perception that will be more open in you. So you might be a visual perceiver, or you might be an auditory perceiver, or a kinesthetic perceiver, or an olfactory, or a smell, or a gustator, a, you know, a taste perceiver. You perceive things by your own specific combination. And you can connect with that information in your own unique way. And however it is that you do that will be however it is that you do that. But you can download that information. So you think conscious mind, which now in our society, we've kind of championed the conscious mind because we say we need information. We need information to sort of to solve all of our problems. And we're consciously trying to not manipulate the information. We're consciously trying to understand the information so we can work with it and then. Produce things. Now that conscious level of mind is literally about five percent of the processing that's going on in the brain. Your unconscious mind is the other ninety-five percent. Like it's way more powerful. So it's that's the part of the mind that as maintains all of the programs for your behaviours and your you know biases, preferences, emotional reactions, and all of your emotions and feelings. Now that subconscious can literally just receive downloads from your superconscious mind from that limitless field of information. You can download information from the superconscious into the subconscious. From there, it can just sit and marinate until such time as your conscious mind can actually catch up and understand it. If I have the belief system that allows that to happen, then that's what you can experience. And so I would say, that's what I kind of experience. That's what I kind of do with people on a one-to-one basis. And you'll see their lives change in big ways. But again, you have to have the belief system that's going to support that so that you can actually facilitate that process. If you, if you want, like, I'm never going to argue with people who say that no, that can't be a thing because you can absolutely make that real for yourself. You you won't experience it if you want to block it. So, so that information is always available. It's, it's, it may be a process to sort of break down belief systems and understand it or start to receive it because our society kind of largely doesn't necessarily believe it's a thing, but when you do, then you can have that knowing you can have that connection with information, and then perhaps you don't need fear, you can just have knowledge, you can just have knowledge of things and know what needs to be done, know what needs to happen in any given moment
0: yeah i you know I'm willing to admit that I am sometimes overly skeptical and that there is definitely room for for exploring that possibility and just to run it home and to to give an example of it to to myself and those listening i'd like to put myself in the the hot seat, for example, and and give you a scenario in my life. And you can tell me, you know, how I might be seeing things in in a certain way that's leading to this because yeah. Anyways. So yeah, we're we're doing this podcast, right. There's, I can speak to my mates and speak to friends, you know, and, and, and whatever. And I'm fine. I'm completely good. Just shoot the shit, have fun, get some cool information and, and and wrap it up. You know, this is my 10th recorded episode with you. And you know, my kind of default, I guess, and these are just stories in a way, but my default is to go towards more planning, more organizing, and kind of making everything structured. And just the other day on what's today, Friday, on Wednesday, I had someone on and the the call went completely, you know, sideways. It was the the internet started stuffing up and then, you know, before the call I was really nervous and the night before I was nervous and, you know, going to going to bed I was nervous. I slept fine, but you know, before the the, the podcast. I went through a process. I meditated. I sat with the feeling. I, uh, you know, like I, I I asked myself questions like, what would it be like if you were just calm or like, you know, these kind of questions. And um, I would jump around and like try and move the emotion around my body and and all these kind of things, right? Again, the podcast and what I usually do, which I didn't do with you today because I'm trying something new and fresh. What I would usually do is is write out someone's bio and then read it out. Um, sometimes they give it to me, but I usually write it myself and I read it out on the show live and 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 like, hey, this is X, Y, Z. And with my friends I've done this with, which has been two or three at this point, I think off the top of my head, I've been completely fine. It's like, yeah, yeah, da, da, whatever. But then when it comes to someone I don't know, I will start like stumbling over my words, freaking out, like getting nervous, not breathing properly. I can feel in my body that nervousness, that tension. And... You know, so I've changed my approach now. It's a different story, but, you know, I, I try all these different things and that nervousness is still there. I try to shake it out. I try to meditate. I try to sit with the feeling. I try to ask myself directive questions. From your experience in doing the work that you do, what am I missing? You know, hmm. and for those listening as well, if, if they're about to do public speaking, for example, or they're about to do a podcast themselves or they're, they're having the same issues, what are they missing? And what do you see from your clients?
1: Yeah, cool. So let's, so I think what you're talking about is rapport. And I'm going to explain rapport, but let's just try and tie the last point together with this one because I think they, they kind of come together pretty nicely. So rapport, holding rapport with someone, and people get described as being really good at just holding rapport, really hold great rapport with the crowd or with other people. Holding rapport is just being able to join someone else in their reality. If you can join someone else in their reality, you're in rapport. And, and that feels really comfortable. And it's beautiful. You do that really well, then people just feel comfortable with you and they speak well. And that's what you're feeling when you're describing, you know, with you just having chats with your friends. Now, what you would describe, what we we're talking about before with that, you know, super conscious mind, you know, higher intelligence, of the universe, and that truth and that knowledge and all that stuff. And then saying, but, oh, but what if I haven't experienced that? Like, you know, the conscious mind gets in the way essentially. What we're talking about getting a hold of that information and making it work for you think of this, it's like information on that super conscious level, our words can't really hold a context to, we can't really put words to it. So we're trying to understand things from words. And when that, when that information comes through, understanding is not always available. So really what can happen is you've got that information available and you may have a desire for a particular output. In this case, I just want to have a really smooth podcast. I want to have a really smooth interview and have everything go really, really well. Now, you have a plan for that. And then if a couple of things go wrong, you know, internet goes wrong, or I I start to feel a bit nervous in myself, then it's like, right, how do I make that happen? How do I put it together? Now immediately what's going to happen is your conscious mind is going to go straight to memory and experience. It's going to scan your memory and your experience going to scan the history of your life and looking for the different scenarios that where it thinks it can build a plan where it can put a plan together. And again, so much of our world is all built around these conscious mind systems and so we think we need to be in control of things all the time so i'm looking going how can i figure this out how do i make it happen what do i need to do and you look at you'll probably scan the interviews that went well you know what did i do in interviews one five and seven that went really really well yeah and so you and you look to try and put a plan together and that may work for you but if it's a different set of circumstances, there's, there's a pretty good chance, there's a good chance that it might not, you know, it might not actually work for you or you might, it, maybe it works okay and you just don't get the very best result you could have gotten. So well, I guess what I describe to people is say, really, you have a desire and this is that letting go process because so much of to experience your very best version of self and your very best life, in this case, hold yourself in perfect rapport with someone and have an amazing interview, You have everything that you need. You always have everything that you need. You have that limitless level of mind that's connected to all the information, which means whatever information you need is actually available to you in that moment. You might not be able to get it in terms of words and read it out and understand it, but the information's there. If you have a desire, which you have, you've got a desire to have a perfect interview. Desire is like a seed. All the mechanics to unfold a desire are inherent within the desire itself. So you've already got the mechanics to unfold the desire you've already got the information what you don't have is you probably like most people you just might not have the conscious mind that's ever had the experience of putting those things together right and so for that reason for that to happen conscious mind is not the place to look it's kind of right i just actually need to sort of step back i need to sort of maybe step back and just allow this to unfold maybe i need to let the other person speak first and i think like you've probably kind of done that today in that like you said that you know what Maybe I need to get out of the way a little bit here. That's exactly just, what I've done, Scott.
0: Yeah, I've yeah. just let let it go and be like, you know what, like if the well, whatever's meant to happen is meant to happen, right? Yeah, and and, it, and I yeah. came with this call. And it's like I'm just going to let it flow and we'll just start talking and see what happens. And and I and I, you know, inside my heart, and you know, kind of ties into what you're saying. I I felt like I that's what I should have done from the start. You know, like I always thought to myself, I just want to have chats. Like I want some questions there, just like so we have questions. If you know, someone doesn't want to talk much but maybe even that's another thing i need to let go of but yeah now we're doing this i'm just like whatever happens happens you know people like it people don't it doesn't really matter as long as as we've enjoyed it you know
1: yeah i think you've just connected with the desire like you've connected with the desire which has all the mechanics to unfold itself and so when i you've love that saying with, yeah when you've connected with the desire like all those mechanics are there now you're in flow and now you're actually just sort of sitting back and so that conscious mind which was trying to make a plan of how this is supposed to go how's it gonna you're just letting it unfold <laughs> You're just letting it unfold so that if, if there's information you are receiving from, you know, from that higher level of mind, that's letting you ask the right questions, help you find the right tone. Like I said, I just got on here and just went like, oh, this guy's just feels, this feels really relaxed. What, what a beautiful tone of voice. Like just, this oh, feels really relaxed and caring and lovely. So I'm like, okay, great. Let's just have a chat. This is beautiful. You know, and it's like, but what you've done was that human level of mind, which you've been talking about the whole time where it, that holds on to fear and anxiety or worry or stress or frustration or any of those emotions that we sort of hold up as being real and so important to our existence, so important for us to understand reality, you just let that go and you're kind of getting a perfect result. It's like you, you're doing it.
0: You're living it. You've got me.
1: It's, it's <laughs> like, well, you got yourself. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like you've unfolded it. Um, if we come back to that rapport, let's just explain that because that's what you were asking about. So like we said, rapport is being able to join someone else in their reality. So I'd say with you, when you said you had friends on, you already know that reality. You're really comfortable with it. So you get in you go like, oh, here's my desire, there's my friend, we're in rapport, let's just do this. That's great. Then what you, I think what it sounds like you did to me is it sounds like you got other people on who you didn't know and then you're trying to make it sort of professional. You've got this desire of I just want to have a chat, let's just let things unfold. But then there's a projection in the mind of how I think this is supposed to look or how it's supposed to go. So I need to be professional. That's yeah, it. let's let's put a bio in here and I have a really smick sounding intro. Before I know that, what I'm doing is that whatever stresses that I have attached to that in my subconscious mind, they're now being being brought front and center. I'm starting to have a stress response, and my tongue's tying up, and I'm not getting the words out. Now I'm feeling nervous, potentially that you know, am I good enough to you know be chatting with this person? Are they gonna whatever stresses come out, start to come out. So that now you're not, you're just not joining that person in their reality. You're just having a, you're getting a stress response from trying to be in rapport. And so that's a very real thing. I work with that on people like in public speaking and, you know, or just social anxiety trying to hold rapport. Um, And another really, really cool one is actually getting out of rapport, actually being okay with like the stress response from just losing rapport with people. And what that looks like is imagine it's like when you, you know, you say you're going to go out with a bunch of mates and, you know, you've got to get up and work the next day and they're going out for a couple of drinks and you say, look, I'm going to leave by nine o'clock because I need to get home. But you don't feel comfortable getting up and leaving. You don't feel comfortable, comfortable saying, I'm going to, guys, I'm out, you know, and so you end up staying there waiting for someone else to leave. So it Being feels disagreeable to leave. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you, but you just, you end up, you don't feel comfortable breaking that rapport that you're in with the group and you end up staying till you know 11 o'clock midnight having you know way more than you wanted to um and that's an experience a lot of people kind of go you know like get, get stuck in get really stuck in being able to get out of a conversation get off a phone call get you know get out of a group that when they're out socially that break being able to break rapport is actually a really powerful thing to be comfortable with
0: yeah i mean that ties back into what you're saying about the absolute truth and i'm coming around to the idea of it now and it's it's simple right it's what when you let go of the projection of what you think things should be, you're able to access something much deeper and much more pertinent, which is you can actually become the experience of what you want because you're not trying to be something that you're not. Mm. You know, like well, if if I sit here and try to, like, here's the thing, right? It's I can tell you exactly what it is based on what you've told me there. It's like I saw a website. It's like you need to have this, 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 X, Y, Z for a podcast. You need to do this, this, mm. this, this. And then you look at the most successful podcasts and they're the people that have done just what they want to do. And there's no formula to doing anything in a particular way other than, you know, there might be some ideas and routines and methods and things you can observe and analyze. But I think that in its essence, um, if you're pursuing something and you're doing something, you need to make it you and you can't just, yeah, mm. yeah so I understand what you're saying. That's it's epic.
1: Yeah. And that's what we are coming back to before when we're saying like that truth of self, when you go into it, that love, that's effortless. Like that's the truth of who you are and that's effortless to maintain. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm positive, positive, positive. Yeah, that's exhausting, you know, but just come back to the truth of who I you are. I understand what just, you
0: mean now. I understand yeah, what you mean just, now. So it's, it's like if you realize, and sorry to cut you off, if you realize um, through real eyes, as they say, mm. you start seeing the things that you're doing. If it's not effortless, you know, if it's something that takes energy and it's consuming, it's something you don't want to do. That's feedback yeah, it's feedback, like the stress or the anxiety of like reading a bio. It's like, is is that my body and my consciousness and, and my, my mind telling me or my body telling me, Luke, like this is not what you're meant to be doing in this particular way. You're meant to be doing X, Y, Z. And it's the same with my old job in the past, right? Like having, doing a job and being like, oh, I need to make money and just working here and sitting at this desk and feeling like crappy about my life. It's like, they're feedbacks. And then your body starts breaking down, all these kind of things happen in order to tell you that you shouldn't be doing this. So I, I hear what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful. And, you know, and I mean, I, I love what you're saying. Like, I actually think I'd share with you because um, I do this all the time. This is kind of trying how Please. I live. It's just like just go with what feels right. Like there's, go with the truth and it's like when you sent me through the the email, the original email, and I looked at the questions that you sort of said that, you know, that we wanted to, to look at. we probably touched on almost none of them today, but, you know, like, that <laughs> yeah, was, but but, uh, but they were beautiful. I thought, oh, great questions and everything, but then there was a bunch of other things. Um, and for whatever reason, like I just wrote back and said, I'll send them to you after. It just didn't feel right to send them. Was like, no, it doesn't feel right to do that. Now I don't know why, but I'm just going to, I'll just go with that. And yeah. like, maybe if I'd sent them, you would have put the whole bio thing together and then, and potentially done the. You know, I, I don't know, but I that didn't feel, that didn't feel <laughs> I right would've. to do. It didn't feel right to do. And now we've kind of just, like both of us have just gotten into that moment and just go with the truth and it's unfolded really, really really nicely.
0: That's epic. And no, you're absolutely right. And that's the whole reason I didn't do it. It's like, well, I'll just improvise. And whatever happens, happens, right. right? You know, so that's, that's awesome, man. I really like that. Really cool. So I got nothing else to say, man. That's... Same. That's awesome. Yeah. How, are we, how are we doing for time? Are you, you know, we're at 11.30, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we're good for a little bit. So, um, you know, like, like I was saying, um, you just connected with the desire. You connected with truth in that moment and you connected with who you are. So all of a sudden, like you said, who you are starts to unfold and that truth of self, which is always going to be better. Like people come to me all the time because they say, really, they want their best life. They say, right, I want to live my very best life. Okay, great can't live your very best life until you're your very best version of self. It would make sense if you're only 99% or 95% of your very best self. Well, then there's some improvement left on the table. That can't possibly be your best life. If you found that extra 5%, that's going to improve that life. So you can only have your very best life when you are your very best best version of self. And you can only be your very best version of self when you are your very true self. Like You have to be true to who you are. And I learned this lesson. I used to be a personal trainer and in personal training, you know, there's a really high turnover rate. It's like the average lifespan of a personal trainer was, you know, in the organization I was working in was like 15 months, you know. it's like So a lot of people coming coming in really enthusiastic about doing this job and being fit and helping people and, you know, a little over a year later they're gone. And, you know, it seemed really clear to me really early on that if I was going to try and be motivating people from a false source, if I was going to be trying to motivate people and inspire people from – creating an example of someone whom I'm not like that was absolutely exhausting that was just draining you know and I could see that like you know what and it didn't get good results either it was like you know it's people kind of see through that but but at the, at the heart of it it was absolutely exhausting and I was like I'm not going to last I love doing this I would like to make a career out of it. I'd like to do it for longer but it's you know if I keep going this way like just jumping up and down bouncing off the walls trying to be super duper positive I'm, I'm just going to kill myself. So it's like, you know, don't kill this thing that you love, just find the truth within it. And it was like, okay, just be yourself. And then, funnily enough, I got way better results doing that, you know. And so it's exactly that. Like, and again, that's a feedback, you know, that's a feedback to sort of finding that, finding that truth. So, um, yeah, like I said, I have people come to me all the time for that to find their very best self, find their very best life. And to do that, you have to be that very true self. That's kind of what it comes back to. And again, to be the very true self, can I do that if you're aligned with truth? You know. So again, if you see those outputs, if you see that feedback in your life that things aren't aligning as well and as perfectly as they could, then something's probably misaligned. Something's probably off track somewhere.
0: Yeah, and if you people in general, it seems like the over, overarching theme all the time is that people are attracted to authenticity. Yeah. Right. And, and it's yeah. like if you're real and you are who you are, which is, like you said, like just being uh what's, what's that word you use you're like uh, aligning with it's like aligning with your true self for lack of better words and i know it sounds so yeah. it's, it's used so much but it's the truth to it which is you're not micromanaging something and when you're micromanaging a, a part of yourself which you would probably call the ego i guess right that lower self when you're micromanaging i gotta look this way or that way or the other way and yeah, yeah you start to come off as you know awkward or weird or anxious or you know all these kind of things and that comes from the if you were to say, Hey, like, I'm really nervous right now. And then just like, all right, it is what it is. Mm. And that's, that's, I think what the the key is to, I mean, you know, just on the topic of interviews or even just what are interviews really, they're just talking to someone about, about life. Right. It's just mm. a chat. That's all yeah. it is. It's like, why does it have to be so complicated? It doesn't have to be. Same with socializing. When you start to one expectation of how you feel the conversation should go and you project that, way of being because you saw X, Y, Z person do it and you feel like it's the right thing to do, you lose yourself and you lose touch with yourself. So, yeah, in that sense, I, I, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and, and then so the feedback for people is just to pay attention. Like we said before, present moment awareness, brain and nervous system in their greatest states of communication when they're present. So they're paying attention to what's going on. So, again, look at both for both of us as to what's happened is there was some feeling, there was something that you got that made you sort of feel like, you know what, it feels to be more right to just improvise, just go with this. So pay attention to that feeling. For me, there was a feeling I felt when I saw the questions, just went, actually, you know what, it doesn't feel right to send that through right now. I'm just going to let it be. Um, it would be really easy to dismiss that. Again, so you're only going to experience that truth, only going to experience the you know, truth of things in your very best life when you have a belief system that supports that. So if my belief system doesn't support that and I don't allow myself to see that, I don't allow myself to be present with it so that I can have, like I can take advantage of of neuroplasticity and allow my brain to change so I I perceive and see more of that and experience more of it, it would be really easy for both of us in those moments to just go, oh, that was a really random thing. (laughs) That's a coincidence. Wasn't that funny? Oh, and just dismiss it, you know, and just completely dismiss it. And then, we haven't we've missed that opportunity for our brains to pay attention and literally create new synaptic connections around that frequency around that level of information around those feelings where we were connecting and tapping into a truth tapping into the truth so if we pay attention and just go oh wow so that was me actually connecting with something higher something somewhere told me that was what was right oh okay just what did i feel in that moment even just doing that, that literally, that you're creating new connections in the brain that support you perceiving that more in the future, you know, and so then you can literally just go into that more and more and more, and you'll find that you experience it more and more and more in your life.
0: Yeah, well, if you look at the the way we're brought up in schools, and I'm referring to the Western culture here, particularly in Australia, because we both know it, um, you grew up in Australia, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. The schools that, you know, and it's mostly the same around Western worlds, it's like, everything is boxed in. Everything is like, you know, you go to the, the, the box school, you sit in your box car, you you, mm. you you go to the screen, the box TV, like everything's yeah. boxed in, right? And it feels like I'm I'm still, you know, the way that I do things, it's like there needs to be a process, there needs to be X, Y, Z, there needs to be a certain way of doing things that's, that's the right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, right? And I feel like maybe I can just take the blame myself, but also analysing school and looking at how, we were brought up, everything was like a process and like mm. this time and that time and, 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 doing all these different things. And I think that there's, there should be more space for fluidity, you know, like Bruce Lee said, like be like water. Right. Mm. And I think that not just in the sense of movement and, and being able to move your body in such a way, although that will translate to the body, I think, which we can expand on as well. But I think if you're like, you know, fluid in your mind and how you approach things, like, might have something prepared and you might come to a talk or or, or go to meet up with someone and then it might just change completely and it's like well i'm just going to follow my my intuition my inner tuition and 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 be guided from something bigger than myself and if that's a message that i'm receiving then that's that's beautiful
1: yeah absolutely you know like that's that's absolutely perfect you know like the like we are for the, exactly for what you're saying, we are a systematic animal. You know, like the brain loves a routine, it loves a routine, loves a habit. Does and it so really look I, mean, it. I look I mean, I think we've And again, when we go from that lower level of mind where we feel like we need to have control over things, well, the way we try and have control over things, we put processes to things. And, you know, like I get that, I get it all week, every week from people, you know, I get people who come to me, write me messages about like I've been in pain for the last decade or I've you know, been dealing with anxiety or depression or whatever for a long time you know and and nothing's worked and do you have a book is there a resource that you could give me is there something you know can you direct me (laughs) to a podcast that could give me some more information because i'll figure this out and you know and that people people think that's their journey like we get so wrapped up thinking that you know that it's my journey it's my job to figure this out because there must be a process and a number of times i'll hear that but what's the mechanism behind this or what's the process you know and i'm looking so often we don't actually need that like it's like there was no real process for you today. Like you just had a feeling, just had a feeling, same as I just had a feeling and then you went with it and all of a sudden, you know, like we got a good result. Um, there was desire there as well and there was, you know, higher intelligence. There was there's information that we might not have perceived that was part of that. So if we want to say there was a process, the process was just getting still. The process was just actually getting still and just listening to what we actually really truly needed to do. And that information was there. So, you know, this is the thing, like we don't always have to, figure things out, you know, that information is not always the same. Information is great. I said, information is wonderful, but there's a lot of times when that true information might not actually be readily available. And I guess what I see and experience is exactly, I I tell this to clients all the time because it's exactly what you've just experienced today. We say right at the start, we say, you know what, that understanding that you're looking for, like your understanding, how do I do this? How do I put this process together? How do I make it perfect? And I say, that's not actually always available, but, what we can do is we can just go with the feeling, just go with what's true in the moment, and understanding will come to you down the track. You're going to get to a point where all of a sudden you're living your best life, doing what you truly want, and it, all of a sudden it's all working out. You find yourself going, Oh, that's what it was. Oh, it was me that was in the world. I was blocking me the whole time. Oh, right. Okay. I get it now. Right. And understanding can come down the track pretty much like how it has just in this conversation. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. we, you left space for it, and then all of a sudden, so, you got that information from a higher source, went into the subconscious. You got a feeling it gave you, you know, it said, like, you know what? Intuition's kind of telling me, you know, what? maybe I'll just roll with it. Let's just wing it. And then down the track, the conscious mind's caught up. Like, conscious mind's coming to understanding, just going, oh, I think I see what I did. Oh, right. You know, and so there's your process. You know, like that's, that's literally how the mind works. Like, it's also, you've just unfolded that for yourself today.
0: And this might sound like I'm doing the opposite of that right now, whilst doing it. But how can someone cultivate that on a daily basis? Because I can see myself like, oh, this is awesome inspiration, and 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 you know, I'm gonna do this from now on. Just kind of let it flow, let let it happen. But then you almost get caught up in the act of trying to let it happen instead of letting it happen. If that makes sense. So, is there a way to come back to this kind of feeling? Is there a practice? Is there a a tool, a mechanism, a question, a way of being that someone can use to put themselves back into the state of mind?
1: Mm. You can go straight. So, again, like we said, it's always found in stillness. And, again, like exactly <laughs> what you're saying, I've experienced this too. This is the way the human mind works. You know, like we say, we're so big on doing and we're so big on like having to, What we, well, like, I've got to be at the forefront of this. How do I manipulate it? Um, the thing where they say, like, when we talk about that truth, you know, truth being eternal, so it's like we call that knowledge. So in humanity, we use the word knowledge very differently to say how it's really, you know, I think how the, the truth of that word, knowledge being eternal. And when you come into knowledge, there's no action required. There's nothing that you actually need to do. And when I first came into that awareness, I can remember, got that information, okay, when you come into knowledge, there's nothing you need to do. My reaction was like, okay, that's fantastic. So what do I do? I like, well, no, you don't need to do anything. Okay, great so what do I do? it's like, it's really difficult to get past that doing, you know, but we, we conscious right. mind's desperate to get in the way. So really like you've already done it. It's like, it's like, Oh, I felt a feeling. There was a feeling of tranquility came over me, or there was a feeling of just knowing, or I felt a little nervousness in my stomach or whatever it was that I felt in that moment. And you that's know, what you're something-
0: saying about aiming towards abundance and and love and those kind of things. Cause when you're not having that direct outcome you're doing the opposite which is you're not listening to what is right in that moment yeah you're going you're going with
1: you're going with that made-up plan in the mind of what i thought was right or what i thought i needed to have everything you know that projection and again come back to what we're talking before about time being an illusion and we said the past is not a record of anything that's 100 true if it's not 100 true it's not actually true so by definition it's an illusion the future and so when you're saying like how am i going to work this out moving forward? The future is just a collection of projections. Another word for a projection is a fantasy. A projection is just something we've made up about what, how we think things are going to unfold. And we might, again, say, oh, I think there's some truth in that. Some of that's going to unfold. Okay, great. But it's not 100% true. Those projections are all just made up from that information in the past as to how we've understood the world to be or how we've understood things to be in the past. And we've just worked out that that was illusory. So the only way we only place we can find truth, like real, real truth, is now. Because again, like in quantum physics, we say that's the only time. The only time is now. Right. And so that's where you can actually feel in and get that truth. So if you found it in a feeling, if you for some people are auditory perceivers, they'll actually hear a voice from within. You know, I, I don't get that so much, but you know, like I'll get more feelings. Some people will see visions and whatnot, but each of us has those different channels of perception kind of available to us. And it may take some training, may take some practice, but exactly what you experienced, whatever it was, that feeling of knowing or just, oh, this just feels right. You can anchor into that. And then when you feel it, like you can, you think, okay, I think I feel that again. You know, okay. Then I can go with that. And it's like, okay, look at the outputs. Did that work for me? Did it unfold perfectly? Or did it, you know, or was I getting in the way somewhere? Did I misinterpret it? You know, and it may take a few practices. That makes sense. It may take a little bit to sort of start to, you know, hardwire that in. But there's not really a lot more you need to do other than actually bind that feeling, access the place, the frequency, the channel via which you're 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 connecting to that truth, to that higher level of mind. And when you start to feel it, well then just go back there and go back there. Because every single time you do, you're creating new synaptic connections in the brain that allow you to perceive it more truly and more clearly and more frequently, like more consistently. And that's 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 the game. That's that's the game for all of us.
0: That's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah, just feel and let go of of needing to to be anything or anyone, and just recognizing that that this moment holds the answers. And there is a lot of there is a lot of um, skepticism and uh, like the word I used before, trepidations around that kind of vibe because my experience with those kind of people in the past has always been, you know, they say one thing, they do another. So I've taken the whole ideology, I guess, for to put it into a word of that and made it wrong because certain people don't hold the values of the things that they say they do. And I see that inherent in the ideology, if that makes sense. Mm. And so I've, I've taken that whole thing you're talking about there, all those concepts, which I, I studied so long in my life, you know, reading Joe Dispenza when I was 19 and when he first put out You Are the Placebo. Actually, mm. that was in 2015, so yeah, when I was 20 or something. and uh, Or 20, uh, 20, 21, 22, doesn't matter. But um, I, you know, I started to really practice that and cultivate that. I got all the meditations and everything and 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 kind of my thing would be go towards structure and organizing and creating plans and yada, yada, yada. And then I came across a community here in Sydney who who – and, and just across the world and people I've heard who follow these same beliefs, but they, they, they'll say one thing and they'll do another. They don't have integrity with what they say. So I just sort of saw this kind of way of seeing things, which is often associated with spirituality as uh, something that's negative and wrong and that it, it's fluffy, if that makes sense. Mm. And um, so hence, hence why I had a bit of skepticism at the start of the call. And I was just like, you know, this is not, this is not right. This doesn't make sense. Whatever you know, I was denying it—the the truth of it—and um, yeah, and, and just just speaking to what you said about you know the abundance and and moving towards it. That's precisely the lesson that I need to learn in this moment, and and for anyone listening, it might be a lesson you need to learn as well. So, it's yeah.
1: Epic. Look, and I think just it's be open because remember, everybody like if everybody's perceiving uniquely, and your perception shapes your reality. So it means that literally everybody's walking around their own rea- own reality. Everybody's literally walking around in their own unique reality. There's an infinite number of realities. So, and remember, the brain in that lower level of mind just wants survival. That's all they want. So if somebody challenges your reality, gives you something that you know literally makes you go, whoa, hang on, that doesn't fit within my reality, that's gonna, that's potentially a survival-level threat because the brain's trying to predict you. everything, it's keeping itself safe via prediction. So when I come on here and start talking about this intelligence universe, let go of systems, let go of processes, just feel like sometimes the easiest way to feel safe again is just to tear down that other reality, just literally poke holes in it, make fun of it, you know, rip into it, you know, and a lot of people do that. They'll get really aggressive straight away. And unfortunately they'll just kind of miss that truth that's there and available for themselves. So the biggest thing is just understand that you're safe and just perceive into it just allow just feel into it let it let it be whatever it needs to be you know and then you're not blocking yourself off from the benefits that that situation that person that whatever it is is presenting you with there'll be something there that you can take away that you'll be able to learn from and benefit from you know and if you and if you want to just tear it down initially without looking at it well then you just you very much just stay stuck in your own reality and you know and you kind of you kind of never grow so, you know, like it's an awesome thing really. I'm super grateful that you're just sitting here just being able to be open and just you know, like literally take on board something new, something new and then take what you need that actually works for you out of that and then, you know, who knows, you see where your life goes after that.
0: That's epic. I do have one question though. If, if it's just about feeling the present moment and doing, you know, what, what feels right in that moment, why do people, why should someone come and see you and see a coach?
1: Mm. So yeah, look, because a lot of people just, I think, struggle to get out of their own way. That's the thing. It's like, can you so look at the outputs? And I think this is where I've been on on social media with people all the time saying, look, if if you feel your journey is do this all on your own, great. Here's a bit of information, go do your best. You know, if if you take this away and because you're convinced you meant to do it on your own and you come back in 12 months' time and you're still exactly where you are, might be time to reach out. Like if you're stuck. I generally see people once twice if it's a really complex dysfunction we might see people you know a few times it's rare that i'd see someone more than five times that's a really complex dysfunction
0: like putting truth it must into be the effective system,
1: then yeah putting truth into the system just changes things enormously so and and we don't have systems that do that we don't like our society is not set up that way you know so it's very it's very much like if you struggle to get out of your own way and it's like you think of the aha moment that you've had here today, like just sort of seeing what you did and how it unfolded. Like you don't really need much more after that. It's like, oh, can okay, I think I get it now. I can see what I need to do. Like, okay, just give people that and then, you know, you're away. You can go and figure it out for yourself. But, you know, a lot of people, exactly like Joe Spence's book, people, a lot of people really struggle to get past that habit of being themselves. And if you if that's something that you're aware of but haven't been able to do, well, then, yeah, you reach out because your journey is not to necessarily figure it out. Your journey is all the good stuff that comes out of the unfoldment of you just being your true self, you know, and that's always there. There's nothing that needs to be figured out about your true self. It's always there. Maybe you just need to get who you are not out of the way and that might be why you need a coach or a bit of help in that moment.
0: Epic. And just expanding on the the outputs part, what that means to me is, you know, there's a quote from Carl Jung. He says, you know, if you want to see – you want to understand someone's motives or I guess – for, for this conversation, who they are, see how they, where they are right now, and what their outcomes are, and that's what they're, you know, in in the words you mentioned, their lower mind is, you know, if someone is self-destructive or they're, they're you know, they're, they're trying to please people or whatever it might be, the reason they're at that point in their life is because there's some part of them that wants that and they're living in that part of themselves, mm. so you know the outputs part could be that, right?
1: Mm. And then all well, same thing, those outputs, but then like when you're saying looking for feedbacks. That present moment awareness, like we said, the truth is mm. when you feel into present moment awareness, when you're truly, truly, truly present, and you can save yourself hundreds of years of sitting on, the, on a mountaintop trying to meditate to find the truth. <laughs> if you just literally feel into that instant, like you can literally get there in sure. an instant. It's a moment. So, when you get there, if you find like, the only thing that is there is love. So, if you feel into that present moment and you feel something else, that's a feedback. It's like, okay, now I'm feeling anxiety. I still feel worried about stuff. Okay. Well, where's that coming from? Well, I'm really worried about this thing in the ah. Oh, that's the future, right? That's not present moment because the present moment is no information from the past, no information from the future. Just what am I feeling right now? So if I'm if I feel into the present moment and I think I feel worry, I can just try and take a moment to localize. Where's that coming from? Okay, that's coming from the future. Well, I said no future in this space, so okay, let's let that go. Let's come back and find the present. Maybe I've got to do that twice, three times, ten times. But when I finally find that love, when I finally find that feeling in the present moment, well, now I'm actually ready to start making some decisions about what's right for me. You know, if I'm imposing the past on the present or imposing the future on the present, I've lost the present moment. I don't have that truth available, you know. so
0: that's it's scary as well. It's scary, you know, like the idea of, of just <laughs> listening to that feedback, you know, I'm <laughs> thinking about now and like things in my life that I'm doing that potentially isn't really aligning, you know, and and yeah. like... Things that I want and I desire, and it's like, oh, that's, I should, I should do that. I just should do it. Just, just start it. See how you go, kind of thing. But it doesn't feel right for me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know? but then, but again, always go back to, like we said before, go back to that ego, that ego level of mind will always try and give you fear, and it'll always try and tell you, oh no, no, there'll be chaos there. Like, don't go, don't let go of the past. Like, how could you possibly do the present if you don't have the past? Like, it will always try and give you that because it's trying to make itself as real as it possibly can to you, you know, and then. It's the ego that's created the past, the ego that's created the future. And in that future are all the projections about how I thought I decided life was supposed to be to make me happy. And really, my true happiness is probably never, ever going to look exactly like those, those projections. You think when, you're, when you talk about manifestation, like talking about manifesting things, you don't want to be the one from your limited conscious 5% level of mind. You don't want to be the one that's filling in the details on your manifestation, on your dreams. Like you want that infinite level of mind. You want the universe to do that. Like let, let the infinite level of mind that's connected to all knowledge, let that fill the details in, you know, you just connect to the desire. Do what you did today, which was just, you know, I just want to have a chat. That's how I set this whole thing up. I just want to have conversations and learn stuff, see what comes, see what unfolds. And then what unfolds will always be better than what you, what you set up in your projection, you know? Mm. So, and then when you're able to do, when you see that, then it's like, ah, so if I let go of the projection, oh, that actually leaves space for whatever's supposed to unfold to come in. Oh, right, it was me again. I was blocking it again. Right, I get it. You know, that's kind of that's, that's where we find ourselves.
0: Well, I think I've learned more from this than anyone else probably has. You know, I hope <laughs> everyone has learned a lot, but for me, this has been incredible. It's been amazing. Yeah. And if there's anyone that wants to do work with you, um, where can they find you? Where's the best place? Uh, so
1: my, the brain, the brain guy on Instagram and Facebook. So the.brain.guy or thebrainguy.co on the website. So, but yeah, try and be, I try and just try to be available, try and be helpful. So if people got questions, I'm happy to kind of give some answers here and there. And um, yeah, there's amazing things that can unfold in the one-to-one space, but it's, it's what feels right. You, know, you feel I'm constantly saying if it feels right, great let's do it you know if it feels like you want to be doing your own thing and trying to work this out for yourself then okay stay in that space for a bit you know when it when it feels right then we'll we'll do something
0: that's epic well thanks so much scott this has been awesome and it's um, been
1: it's been a real pleasure thank you so much for having me and you know thanks for being so open
0: anytime Thank you, beautiful people, for listening to another episode of the Getting Mental Podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, follow, and share it with your friends and family. If you would like to see more of the Getting Mental Podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or on every social media platform. You can find us at Getting Mental Podcast. Until next time.